Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to One Life Community Church. My name is Rich, and I'm one of the co-lead pastors here, and uh, it is a joy to be with you. Hopefully, you are having a lovely morning so far. It was beautiful sunrise. Um, maybe you weren't all awake when the sunrise came up. I was, and it was lovely. And uh, I just know, um, for me, when the sun comes out, it's beautiful out, um, it's not always as motivating for me to go inside something. Uh, so I appreciate you choosing to be here this morning. Um, and those of you who are listening online through our live feed, thank you for doing it in that capacity as well. I know my son wasn't feeling good, wasn't sure he was going to be here, and he was ready to listen online. So those of you who are doing that today, thank you for doing that. We are in week six of our sermon series called God in Us. And this series is designed for us to help us kind of better engage with, experience, and come to a deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit works, and what the Holy Spirit is doing in, around, and through us. We're taking 10 weeks to do that. We're in week six, and we hope it's been a wonderful experience for you so far. We hope it has been opening up um, places where we may have shut ourselves off from experiencing the Spirit, and maybe inviting you to take the Spirit out of any boxes that you have placed it in. Our hope today as we look at week six is that we are going to be taking part two. Last week we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and today we're going to be talking about what it looks like to put those into practice to be using those in our day-to-day life. Before we start though, I want to invite us to do something like I did last week and that was to have kind of a blank slate experience or if you remember those etch-a-sketch kind of things, you shake it up and clean out anything that's there. My son has this new thing, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's essentially the modern day version where he can use his like stylus and he can do it and he hits a button and it all goes away, right? And that's my invitation for us this morning is to take any of our thoughts, our teachings, both good and bad, experiences both good and bad of who we understand the Spirit to be and particularly what we've been taught about the gifts of the Spirit that we might hear and respond and be curious um, and open to hearing things anew. So with that, let me open us in prayer. Father, Son, Spirit, we come to you this morning and we just ask that you would reveal yourself to us in ways you've never done so before. We pray that you would enlighten us, that you would again fill us. Uh, Particularly, God, we open up ourselves to you Um, particularly those areas that we, for whatever reason, have shut off to you. We recognize that you're offering so much more, and it's our desire to experience more of you, to hear from you, to learn from you, to be transformed by you this morning. So Holy Spirit, as we have this candle lit, reminding us of your presence, help us to experience your presence in tangible ways as we hear from you. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So before we get started on this week's topic, I think we should do a quick review from last week. If you weren't here, hopefully this will catch you up. The first thing we talked about with regards to the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that the gifts of the Spirit are given, not earned, which is really good news. There's not these certain things that you have to do, these many hours of prayer, this many kind of actions or service hours that you have to put in in order to get these gifts. They are given solely and 100% out of the grace and love that God has for us. They are given, not earned. And my slides are saying, what is wrong with you? 
Do you guys see that up there? How about now? No. All right, well, we'll go to the next slide. Henry, can you go to the next one? And that is just like any gift that we are given, um, we have a choice in the matter of receiving it or rejecting it. And we've all gotten certain gifts that we're just like, I wish we never (laughs) were given that gift. We have a choice to do what we want with it. We can use it or not. We can say, I want this or not. Or we can kind of put it off to the side. And just like any gift, we have that with regards to God. We don't have a choice in the matter, though, with regards to God giving us gifts. That's not something we have a choice of. We have a choice of what we do with it. And I want to add this from last week, and that is this choice in the matter is not a one-time thing. It's not like some point in your life God says, I want to give you this gift, and you decided to do something or not, and then no more options. That's not how it works. This is an experience that happens moment by moment, day to day. At every situation, God is opening himself and saying, I want to offer a gift to you. I want to empower you. I want you to do something with this. And at any moment, we have the opportunity to do that or not. That's what I want us to be thinking about. The next thing we learned, and, and Henry, my, this thing is not working at all. So I appreciate you taking ownership of that. Um, The next thing I want us to know is that we also discussed the idea that the Holy Spirit is the first gift, that love is the greatest gift, and that everyone gets the gift of love. And I want us to hear this because what's true is that we don't all get the same gifts, right? It's not like everyone gets the gift of healing or the gift of teaching or the gift of administration or the gift of mercy. We all get the spiritual gift of love. And the reason this is important is because love is what fuels and governs all the other gifts. It fuels and governs all the other gifts. And to understand this last week, we took time to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's that love chapter that we hear all the times at weddings. We recognize that this is a chapter that's actually wonderfully sandwiched between chapter 12 and 14, which is all about spiritual gifts. And and basically what the, the chapter is talking about is this idea that everything we do, everything we say, our actions, whatever gift we have, however we're using that gift and for whatever situation and circumstance we're using it, no matter what it is, if love isn't the motivation that's causing us to do it, it's not governing what we do, it doesn't work. And I hope that that's really clear that this is intended to be understood um, as a constant reality. It's not just reserved for certain situations and circumstances. It's not like you get this gift and in this certain situation and circumstance you use it and if it's not governed by love, it doesn't work and then the rest of your day you don't worry about your gifts and you don't do anything and love has no effect on you. This experience about what we do, how we do it and how we're empowered to do it with our gifts is something that is with us all the time wherever we go. And that's the next thing I want us to hear is that anything we do, say, any action, and any way we choose to use our gift at any moment, if love is not what is governing and fueling it, then it won't work. So what we learned was that everyone gets the gift of love as well as other gifts of the Spirit, and with all the gifts comes a responsibility to use them, right? 
Just because you get a gift, just because you received a gift, doesn't necessarily mean you're using the gift. And part of receiving that gift is the invitation and the responsibility to use it. Lastly, we learn that these gifts are not intended solely for ourselves, and they're not solely for the church on Sunday. They are designed to be used for the common good, to build others up throughout our day-to-day life, be it at work, at school, with our roommates, in our family, our neighborhood, you name it, wherever you go, all the time. That when all of our followers of Christ take responsibility for and put into use the spiritual gifts we've been given, with love as the motivation, people get to see, people get to hear in tangible ways the Holy Spirit at work in, through, and around them for the glory of God. The common good, as the scripture says, gets to experience the Holy Spirit in tangible ways through works of service, relationship, and community. And this is what leads us to our discussion for today, and that's this idea of living out these gifts that the Spirit is offering to us in our day-to-day life. And I wanna just say right up front, what I'm not gonna do is go through the list of gifts that are talked about in scripture and name each one and try to say what it looks like and how it works and all those kinds of things. Um, Hopefully, if you were here last week, you heard that that list of gifts, as great as it is, is not a comprehensive list. It's not intended to be what limits the Spirit's work in our lives. Um, But I'm not gonna hit each one and try to describe and define and say this is what it looks like. What I'm gonna do today is have us hear from the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians 12. If you have a Bible, starting with verse one in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, you can follow along. The text is gonna be displayed up here as well. But I'm using a different translation that you probably don't have with you. So my recommendation is if you wanna read along, you can. If you wanna sit back and just listen, that would be fine too. But as you do, I want you to listen with curiosity and newness and openness because it's as if Paul is speaking to us, particularly today, about the topic of the gifts. So with that, I'm gonna have Greg go ahead and start reading the first three verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it? It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned, nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit decides who gets what and when. Awesome. 
So first off, I want us to see that it's the spirit at work in and around and through us that makes everything we're talking about happen. That's a foundation we keep hitting over and over again. Even before you knew God, the Holy Spirit was working so much so that even coming to a place where you could say Jesus is Lord couldn't happen without the work of the Spirit in your life. It's foundational. We need to understand that. But the second thing we need to know is that as followers of Christ, we have a new life in the Spirit. And this life is best understood by our constant recognition and honest confession of our need for God. That we understand we can't do this life on our own, that every breath that we breathe at every moment is something we did nothing to deserve. We need God literally for life, purpose, empowerment, direction, communication, sustenance, wisdom, healing, everything. And this reality never changes from one moment or situation to another. We need God and God gives us this new life through the Spirit. And this is what discipleship is all about. When we begin our life with Christ, we begin this ever-evolving and growing practice of moving from independence and isolation, from trying to do life on our own for our own self, to a different way of living, living a life of relational dependency and community and aligning our life with Christ, putting God and others first. And it's here where we begin to experience the gifts of the Spirit in our day-to-day life. When we become open to the presence of God in our life, through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit starts to empower us and share the gifts of the Spirit with us. And as we learned last week, it's not that the Spirit offers more of the Spirit to one person versus another. It's more about our openness to receive all that the Spirit is offering to us to experience at any moment of the day. Listen to some of the language, this expansive words that Paul says. He says this, God's various gifts are handed out to everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by one Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit decides who gets what and when. The Holy Spirit decides who gets what various gifts who gets what various ministry, who gets what various expressions of power, and when that happens. And the Holy Spirit is handing it out. I love that picture. Carrying out and is in action everywhere. The Spirit is behind it all, and everyone gets in on it, and everyone benefits from it. I sure hope you hear the uncontainableness of the Spirit, the vastness of the work of the Spirit. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit actively working in and around and through everyone everywhere, handing out these gifts for the common good, for the church, and for the glory of God. This is what the Spirit does, and this is what the Spirit is offering each of us to experience at every moment of our life. Paul goes on to describe how this all works, continuing in 1 Corinthians 
onward with verse 12. You can see easily enough, see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. I love these two images of the body and this idea of drinking in the spirit because both give us a framework of understanding what living out the gifts of the spirit looks like. And so the first one is this idea of the body metaphor, which helps us understand that the gifts of the spirit are not individualistic, they're not isolated or independent, right? They're intended to be and are designed at their very core to be communal and integrated and relational. And this is seen in how we get gifts, how we engage them and use them, and the intent of them being shared both for the church and for the common good. The body metaphor also teaches us that the gifts of the Spirit are intended to grow and work together, which implies two of the main reasons for exercising our gifts, being to build up and strengthen the body, the church, but also to reach outward as we know the church is not complete, right? As we sit here right now, we know there's people right outside, literally across the street, who God would desire to be connected God desires to be a part of the body. We're missing parts of our body. So now what happens when our bodies start getting filled with wine? Right? We're moved. We're influenced, if you will, by the effects of the alcohol in our system. We lose our footing. We stumble. We get into trouble. We make poor choices. We say things we shouldn't. And the more we fill ourselves with it, the more detrimental it becomes to our own bodies and our relationships. And, and just to be honest, we all tend to fill ourselves with all kinds of things, be it political stuff, drugs, pornography, sports, work, school, schedules, money, you name it. And just like the effects of wine, whatever it is that we're filling ourselves with that isn't God affects us. It moves us, it influences us. This is why the scriptures say, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the living water, the Holy Spirit. Drink in the Spirit. You see, when we drink in and are filled with the Spirit, we become aware of the effects of the Spirit. We become intoxicated and inebriated with the love of God, and we are moved, and we are empowered, and we're influenced by the Spirit. And it's here where we start to understand and trust and engage the gifts that the Spirit is offering to us. When we drink in and are filled with the Spirit, we become more and more comfortable using our gifts for the common good, for the church, and for building others up in that love that we are experiencing in that moment. Amen? That's so cool. Now, Paul continues to teach us in verse 14 and on. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. 
A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I am not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Paul says, your role in the work and plans of God are important. It doesn't matter what gift you're given or what part you're playing. It doesn't matter when the gift was given, for how long it was given to you, or for what reason. It's all equally significant no matter what. Each part, each gift, each situation is equally significant. The Holy Spirit has carefully placed each part of the body right where it should be for each moment and each situation we are all in. That's incredible. That's significance. Each one of us. Paul continues in verse 19 through 24. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you were a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine I telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? One of my favorite verses, <laughs> right? Good digestion to full-bodied hair. Yes, Lord. I did not. I did not. The Greek speaks for itself. No, um, Paul says each and every follower of Christ is significant and holds equal importance. That no matter how we are gifted by the Spirit for any situation or circumstance, we're all key to God's purposes and plan. This means we need everyone doing their part, using their gifts wherever they go. But God says, to be clear, your significance comes solely from what you are a part of. Again, this is a relational thing. Connected to the body, being filled and empowered by the Spirit is where our significance comes from. Apart from the body or disconnected relationally from the body, we don't function well. Jesus himself teaches in this truth in John 15, 5, saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Which next week, Greg will be talking more about the idea of the fruits of the Spirit. So you should definitely come back for that. But, but apart from our connectedness to God, we can't do things that God wants to do in us. 
Now, look what Paul says as he continues in verse 25 and on. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Hmm. Now, I want you to notice some things you did not hear this morning. You didn't hear anything saying you only get one gift or that whatever gift you get is going to be yours for the rest of your life. You didn't hear anything about the idea that this gift that you get is only effective in this particular place, in this situation, and then it's useless everywhere else. You didn't hear anything that taught, for example, that if you have the gift of administration and not the gift of mercy, that you get off the hook and you never have to show mercy to people or you never have to be organized. You also didn't hear anything about taking a test to find out what your gifts are and a specific list of how they are instructed to be used. Nor did you hear that if you get one gift, you can't get another gift. The scripture says, the way God designed our body is a model for understanding our lives together as the church, every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. So the scriptures say we can look to our bodies for our sense of understanding of what this looks like to experience God using the gifts of the Spirit in our lives in a day-to-day life. So just like our bodies, each part is critical and equal in significance, whether we think about those parts and what they do or not at any moment. What's important is that each part, each gift is functioning as it should at all the times it needs to be functioning, right? And this is the same for each and every one of us. We need to be living in such a way where we are constantly opening ourselves up to be filled with the Spirit and responding to the gifts of the Spirit that is being given to us in any situation, in any moment. And sometimes our bodies are taking roles that they normally wouldn't in order to help heal or grow, like when we've injured ourselves or when we're sick. Anyone ever hurt the hand or the fingers that they use for writing? Now your whole body has to adjust, right? It has to step up. We've all experienced that where we've had an injury or a sickness or illness where parts of us is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it's not that we can't get by, but everybody feels it. And is working together to get better. Adjusting, helping, supporting, healing, growing. And what I want you to hear, though, is just like a a body that needs air in order to do everything, we hardly ever think about how much 
the breath that we have affects everything we do. Imagine, uh, well, I'll sh you can't really tell, but this wedding ring, this was my grandfather's wedding ring. And we had it sized. And if we're being honest, it got sized a little too small. It does not come off. Um, and recently, well, it was a while ago now, I had to go into the hospital to get some work done. And I had to have my ring off. And it took like 10 different people. And ultimately, the way they got it off was they took rope and tied it around my finger until my finger lost circulation because they couldn't get it off. But even there, the reason why they could do it is because they had to restrict the circulation just to get this off. Our body is being filled with the Spirit of God at every moment, and it's causing us to be able to do what we do. And without it, we cannot do anything. And we look at our body and all of what it's capable of, do, of doing with the power of air in us, this gift of love that comes from God and God alone, as an example of what it is for us to be using our gifts. The more we allow ourselves to be filled and open and experience all that the Spirit has for us, the more we start to experience that happening everywhere we go, in different situations, in different circumstances, and it's very diverse. And it's not just here and not just there, and it's very unique. And I guess what I'm hoping that you do is you find yourself opening yourselves to a different picture, a vaster, more uncontainable picture of the Spirit at work in your life. It's not just once in a while. It's not just with certain people. It's not just in um, a certain situation where, man, you're thriving, but in all those other places, not so much. We're invited to participate in the work of God through the Spirit wherever we go for the building up of the church, so that happens here, but it's for the common good out there. And I guess our hope with this conversation is not for you to nail down, here's my two. Uh, that would be great. If you have a one or two that you wanna focus in on, that's awesome. But more I want you to be thinking about and encouraged is, is how is God using me and empowering me to do whatever that fill in the blank is at any moment of the day? Relationally connected, aware of the presence of God and aware of the influence it's having on you. Moving you, leading you, guiding you, encouraging you, filling you. Now, I have plenty more I could say and not enough time. I also want you to notice I'm not giving you a gift test or anything like that. Um, there's a number of you here that this might be the first time you've even thought about spiritual gifts. Um, so there's a lot of questions. There's some of you that maybe when you first became a Christian, someone slapped a test in front of you and said, figure it out. And that's what you thought was your gift 20 years ago. And you've not thought about it since. Um, some of you are actively thinking about how God is empowering you at any moment of the day, which is awesome. My hope is that no matter where you are, you would find yourself desiring to engage with that reality more. So I do have a piece of paper here that if anyone wants it, you can take it, but I'm just gonna tell you right now, I almost hesitate to give it to you because what I don't wanna do is put you in a box. But I do want you to be thinking. 
And you all know where you are in that thought process. You all know where you are in your openness to experience the empowering of the spirit at any moment or situation. So I'm just telling you that piece of paper is for whoever wants it. At the end of our service, you could come get it, do what you want with it. You might look at it and be like, this is horrible, and you burn it, and that's fine. Um, Or if you decide you don't want it, that's fine. All I would ask you to do is be praying, breathing, saying, God, how do you want to empower me? How do you want to use me? How are you gifting me for any moment, any situation with my neighbor, with my friends, with my family, at my workplace, in my school, with my kids? And again, I wish I could tell you more. I wish we could talk about this more. But before we end, I want to invite my friend, Anthony Hale, to join us. And um, Anthony has a story, just like all of us, that's filled with hardships um, and successes. He has times in his life where he didn't know God and times where he was ignoring God and times where he questioned God uh, and times where he experienced amazing faithful presence of God. He's wrestled with loss and brain cancer, being stabbed, but has also experienced great success, childhood, graduating, working in something he loves, getting married, travel, you name it. And the reason I bring him up is not because his story is better than yours or mine, um, but what I love about Anthony is that he is a humble example of what it looks like to be engaging with the Spirit, learning and asking, God, how can you use my story and my giftings for the common good, for the church, and for your glory? So I would like to invite you to sit back and listen. to his most recent song that he just released called Heaven Can Wait, as I think it hits on some of the things we've been talking about. Um, And it's been really encouraging to me, and I hope it's encouraging to you. Did you want to say anything before you? you, I think that's good. You're so good. All right, I'm going to get out of your way and let you do your thing. Thanks, Rich. I'm going to just kind of go around and hopefully look at everybody. (laughs) Go ahead. Fighting myself stuck in my head, crazy. Wifey said she wanna have my baby. Writing songs about a God who saved me. Trying to understand why he made me. Got through brain cancer, then got stabbed. Trees in the forest, all part of his plan. Trying to see the future, but it's just too blurry. I so scurry, please hurry. Being content's getting harder. Sometimes wish God turned me into a martyr. Knife in my neck, gone a little farther. I'd be up in heaven, chilling with the Father. Asking him about all the mysteries in history. And porcupines. What's with porcupines? Hey Daniel, how scared was you with that lion? But I couldn't just leave my people down here crying. I guess heaven could wait. Somehow I'm still breathing. God's still great. I guess heaven could wait. I guess heaven could wait. I guess heaven could wait. Somehow I'm still breathing. God's still great. I guess heaven could wait. I guess heaven could wait. Somehow I'm still breathing. God's still great. I guess heaven could wait. I guess heaven could wait. 
Do it part time and it's fine, I mean it God come with you it full time, I believe him This life is yours as long as I'm breathing And after that too on the day that I'm leaving I'm throwing seeds, but will they heathen? Texting my dad about grieving Losing my grandma, keep me up at night Seems like everything and nothing's right I know that's confusing, but it's where I'm at Look in the mirror, that man's staring back Can't see his baggage, but I carry that Jesus still love him, and that is a fact Matter of fact, just got onto this ride Anxiety saying there's not enough time Then I see his hands, and I see his side And know that I'ma be alright I guess heaven can wait Somehow I'm still breathing God's still great I guess heaven can wait I guess heaven can wait Somehow I'm still breathing God's still great I guess heaven can wait Thank you all Thank you, Anthony. I love the honesty, the truthfulness of the song. I love uh, recognizing there's difficult stuff and there's fantastic things. Um, and, and, and God is present in them all. And I hope that you hear this invitation. That God is still great and you're all still breathing. I think of our friend Janet who just recently had this stroke. I guarantee you what she's going through right now is not something she desired. She's still breathing. She is alive and she's still a light. It just looks very different right now. And it doesn't matter what our situation and circumstance is, good, Amazing, we go to work and things are awesome, but we come home and our kids are difficult, or we go to our, the grocery store and it's that one checker who is slower than molasses. It doesn't matter what it is. In those moments, we're still breathing and God is inviting us to be empowered by the Spirit to do whatever it is that he's calling us to do, to say whatever it is he's empowering us to say to serve in whatever capacity he's calling us to serve, to be in relationship with whoever it is he's calling us to be in relationship with. In all of those things, God is inviting us to do that out of the unconditional love and grace that God has bestowed upon us that's illustrated to us at every moment by the fact that we do have a breath to breathe. God invites us with every breath to this invitation where he says, heaven can wait. I have something for you right now. And that's what it is when we start engaging with the spirit in our day-to-day -day life. Hearing God say, heaven can wait, I have something for you right now. And we say, okay. We open ourselves up and we allow the spirit, just like wine, to influence, to move, and to aliven us to whatever that is. I'm gonna invite our worship team to come forward and as they do, they're gonna play instrumentally just for a few moments to give us some space. But I don't have connection card questions for you today. I just want us to take a few moments to breathe. So I wanna invite you to sit back, relax, however you feel comfortable. I invite you to close your eyes. 
And as you close your eyes, I invite you to take some deep breaths and particularly in through your nose if you're not sick and out through your mouth. I only say that because my son's here and I know he can't breathe very easily right now, but in through your nose and out through your mouth. Close your eyes. And as you continue to do so, I want to invite you to reflect on the reality that each breath you breathe is a gift of love from the Holy Spirit. It's the spiritual gift of love giving each and every one of us life, grace, purpose, and love. Each breath constantly reminding us of our invitation to the faithful presence of God with us, inviting us to open ourselves up to being more filled with the Spirit. to use the gifts of the Spirit for the common good and for building others up. Each breath, God's saying to us right now, heaven can wait. And I want us to, as we breathe in and out, I want us to remember that this breath is for everyone. We can receive it or reject it and it will have significant effects on us. But as we receive it, as we are designed to, even right now, I want us to see how it empowers us and how we can share it with others. Think of CPR, how we can actually breathe life into someone. is a picture for us to take with us as we go. This is what we're supposed to build our lives on. The Spirit of God. Empowering and gifting us wherever we go, in every situation, building others up for the common good and for the glory of God. So as you continue to breathe, the band's gonna play for a few moments just instrumentally to allow us to think and pray and give thanks and to receive, to be filled, to dream, whatever you feel called to. The prayer team will be up where they normally are and if, if you have any prayer needs or you would like prayer, they would be honored to pray with and for you during this time. So please take advantage of that. Um, I'm gonna close our time with prayer and um, then in a few moments, the band will lead us in one last song of response. Let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love and your desire for us to be your instruments of love and peace to everywhere we go, to whoever we talk to, to every situation and circumstance. And thank you, God, that you don't leave it to us to figure out on our own. We can be honest and say we need you. And God, you are faithfully present with us saying, I am with you. I'll never leave you. God, we recognize we get distracted. We get filled with other things and we're not always paying attention to you and what you're doing in and around and through us. And so we confess that 
And we thank you, God, that you keep giving us opportunities. You keep breathing life into us. Help us to find that to be so intoxicating that we desire nothing more than that. And be with us as we go. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.